Hi, and welcome to Preserving Palestine by Grazia Middle East. On this episode, I've invited a beautiful Palestinian soul who has helped change narratives for women. She is a model based in Dubai who has worked with several different brands. Please welcome Lana Albeek. Hi, Lana. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank Great. you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. It's truly such a pleasure to have you. On I'm this so excited. Special episode of Preserving Palestine. Thank you. Before we get into it, I just wanted to ask mostly about you and your career. How did you first decide you wanted to become a model? Is this something you always wanted to do? Tell me more about that. This is actually a question that I really like when it comes to discussing the topic of Palestine because the very first paid project I ever did was with a Palestinian thobe brand wow. called Chop Thobe here in Dubai. Actually, I started with modeling with uh, my friends who do like art projects. Who They went to art school. They needed subjects for photography, for film. So I kind of started from there and I'm like, oh, this is actually fun. And they started to do their own projects. It was kind of this like nice thing where I had a small community where all of us would work on projects together and kind of like explore this aspect of the work field, I guess. Is that how you got into it? Or did you also know that's what you wanted to do? And if not, when you were a little girl, what did you want to be? It was never this. I always knew I wanted to be somewhere in the creative field, for mm -hmm. sure. Once I started getting into it with my friends and stuff, that's when I'm like, this is nice. Like, I could do this on the side of whatever else I want to do as well. I studied film. It's something I still want to explore. It's something I really want to do. And Middle Eastern history. So these two are still kind of like the things that I really would like. I see myself in the far future, near future as well. Best modeling is something that now I've, I've come to terms with as being something that I love doing and mm -hmm. I want to continue to do regardless. Mm -hmm. Being a Palestinian woman, but even an Arab woman in general, did you face a lot of criticism when you first began modeling or even until now? It's more like I was faced with barriers that stopped me from being Palestinian rather than criticism. I think being in Dubai doesn't really establish this like a lot of space for quick hate uh, or stuff like that. But um, definitely there were barriers that I was not allowed to speak about certain things. If I worked with certain brands, I wasn't allowed to speak about certain things in contracts. I would say that. So yeah, I hope that kind of like answers mm -hmm. the question more or less. Mm -hmm. When it comes to jobs associated with Arab women mm -hmm. in general, the stereotype that we have yeah. which is really unfortunate modeling might have some sort of sure. negative uh, yeah. connotations mm. you never faced anything like that what about your family yeah. did they were they always encouraging I struggled with my family in the beginning this was when I was like 16 so way before I even got into this modeling like scene I got like a casting call for a clean and clear commercial <laughs> and uh, my parents were really upset that I went to it like they were absolutely not cool with it and for a while they weren't Uh, it took them time for them to realize that it's not as bad as they think, that I'm in control more or less sometimes. Also, when the more I introduce them to my friends in this field, the more they become more comfortable mm -hmm. and stuff. To be honest, <laughs> I kind of have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> like when, when I meet especially men who have this perception of women, models, girls, like literally just anything uh, that we're airheads. It's honestly so fun to prove them wrong. <laughs> like, I love, I love when they just ask me some questions and I'm like, like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not stupid, you know? There's a lot of times where they're like, so what, what, do, what do you do? What's your lifestyle like? Whatever. And I'm like, yeah, like, I go to work. So I used to have a full-time job. I just left. And at night, I attend my master's. And it's like a shock for them that I, I can work my brain. It just doesn't cross a man's mind mm -hmm. that a girl can actually... Yeah 
do things. They underestimate us, you know? And the thing is, I mean, not only did you have a full-time job, you were a model as well, part-time or even full-time, and you were studying all at the same time. And even if you weren't doing all these things at once, even modeling itself can be... Yeah. It's not an easy job. It's a job. job. It's a job. And like, honestly, as much as I love the fact that I did all these things, I'm not going to lie. It was difficult. It was hard. Very mentally, like, tolling and... It takes up a lot of energy and like Mm -hmm. at some point you don't have space for yourself as well Mm -hmm. and your mental health and all of that. But I was still able to do it and like men in particular are especially shocked by that. And like I said, I just have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And what do you think about the stereotypes, particularly in the Middle East, about women's jobs? Like, Mm -hmm. do you think a woman can only be one thing or just... Honestly, I think... This is the kind of topic that us Arab girls and women have spoken about so much that at this point, just really repeating the same thing over and over sounds like a broken record and it's really getting exhausting because it's like, really, like, are we still actually, like, are there actually men still like that? And not just men, there's also women, unfortunately, who are so brainwashed by the way the patriarchal society kind of built them. It's a never ending thing of like, no, guys, like we're not just housewives. We can be cool if that's what we want. Exactly. There's zero judgment about Mm -hmm. that, but that's not our only thing. And you can't like only expect that from us. And this is something that we face on a daily basis. You know, it's not something that's that ever stopped. Even if you feel like, oh, society has progressed past this. It really hasn't. Mm -hmm. Like, and unfortunately, but people are doing the work i think a lot of women are doing enough work to uh, to make sure that with time us our kids our grandkids don't kind of have to face this at mm-hmm. least not as intensely as us so coming back to the topic of palestine you've obviously become a prominent figure not just on social media but even in fashion campaigns and everywhere and you've become a face to the palestinian people from how active you've been um, supporting and sharing on your Instagram and on your social media how would you describe Palestinian women if you had to describe what they're made of what they're like who they are who are we as Palestinian women that's very flattering first of all (laughs) very nice perception of me (laughs) so thank you I don't know I mean it's a huge spectrum there's so many of us in different ways I think though the main thing is that we're really strong we don't mess around Uh, you can't mess with us (laughs) I think that's like a huge thing every time I meet a Palestinian woman it's always like yeah like she's she's tough you can't mess with her and I think that's like the number one thing about us and I it comes from a lot of things it comes from the struggle it comes from just being faced with dumb conversations that you have to deal with every day but I guess it creates someone really strong and respectable and super cool Mm -hmm. I guess Mm -hmm. I mean I think uh, not just women but Palestinians in general we're just the most resilient people out there, yeah. you know, because because of what we've faced yeah. as well. And so I kind of feel like we just keep going and nothing phases us anymore. You know, we've seen the worst. So <laughs> I guess very unhinged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent. As a Palestinian with a global platform, which you're, you know, growing every single day, why is it important to you to be a voice to Palestinians, not just living abroad, but also in Palestine? As a Palestinian, you especially when you see that there's so much ignorance towards the cause, you realize that like, oh my God, like I actually have to do this. Even if you have very little following, you just feel this urge. I'm considered not someone with a huge following, but when you think about it, like 50,000 people, you can't put that number in a small room, right? So when you think of that, you're like, oh, like that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So 
you really feel like you need to say what is right. It just feels wrong not to, for me. And I think it's weird when certain Palestinians who have following, like, uh, huge, huge followings don't do that. I find that quite weird. How is your body not telling you not, like, not to do that, you know? Yeah, I'm the same. And I don't only feel that about, like, like the Palestinian cause. It's also, like, in general, you know, if there's a bunch of people listening, you should say something. Yeah. Like, there's a lot to fix. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and the least we can do is just talk about it and like spread awareness. It's a lot of energy, like the ridiculous kind of messages you receive from people who are, who just want to start a fight. Do you receive a lot of backlash? Not anymore. In the beginning I did. Like and how would back. you respond to it? Uh, it depends. Sometimes I don't respond because it's like, this is clearly not going to go anywhere. And sometimes it's like, no, actually, like I should tell you something back because this is messed up. It really depends. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, but most of the time I try my best to avoid because it's not it's, Sometimes it's just useless. Yeah. You know? you, I, I really believe that education is so important, mm. but with the right, with yeah. the right audience. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like just, everyone... Yeah, yeah. I don't think everyone can be educated. Some people aren't open to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're just so you know manipulated and brainwashed by yeah. what they see and what For they hear sure. on the media and they're like there's no way you're going to convince me even if i have yeah. proof and evidence yeah, there's yeah. just no way <laughs> you're going to yeah. no way <laughs> dead end <laughs> yeah but that's, um, it just feels sometimes like do, do i really want to get into this because mm. it's just going to turn into a fight and it's just going to be this kind of thing where it's like whose answer is better mm -hmm. and you know i also noticed in myself that Sometimes I have, like, I don't want to admit this, but sometimes, not anymore, but I used to have this feeling when I'd be posting so much, like almost a feeling of shame, which mm. I'm sure a lot of people feel, but don't want to admit. So I'm going to say this out there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, am I bothering people too much? And then now I'm at the point yeah. where I'm like, I truly don't, don't care, care yeah, yeah. if I'm <laughs> bothering anyone. They can block me. They can delete yeah. me. They can, I will no longer feel any sense of shame yeah. or, or like heaviness or yeah like, I mean, yeah yeah definitely mm -hmm. i i totally relate to that before may 2021 whenever posting about palestine was like taking a risk you know now like, it's like yeah but especially before that every time i would post and i would make more than one or three stories about that i'm like forget it no one's gonna look anymore Khalas. i lost like anyone's attention span uh, but yeah, especially after me, I'm like, Khalas, who who cares? If you actually don't want to look, I don't yeah. want you to look. What's left to lose, yeah. you know? I mean, if you don't want to see this, I don't want you to, to be looking yeah. at anything I do, if that's the case, yeah, you know? that's true. It's like the bad things weed themselves out. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Did you have family there? Do you still have family there? Were your parents born there? No, we live here. My dad was born in Syria. Mm -hmm. My mother is Syrian. Yani, I, I live with my parents directly here. I don't have direct stories from my dad of him being in Palestine. However, I have my dad's cousins. We're quite close. Like We're in touch and stuff. And they all live back home in Palestine. I have a lot of friends as well in Gaza, uh, different areas. So like, I'm quite in touch with people there, but I don't have like directly like my mom or my aunt mm -hmm. living there what do they tell you about the situation there because a lot of people i noticed from the palestinian diaspora or not even palestinian think that it's like just a horrible place mm. to be you know and yeah. of course it is to a certain extent aspects, but yeah. it's also you know i have family there and they tell me beautiful stories mm. and where do they stay jerusalem most jerusalem of yeah. yeah i've actually been once oh really yeah. oh my god the i was dream. very very young but <laughs> i remember it like it was yesterday wow um what do people tell me well the ones from gaza it's more you know unpleasant i suppose uh, not a lot of pleasant stories there for sure an entire city besieged is not an easy 
life, even if you try to find joy in it. Um, I like to look at things objectively and I don't see how like you can live there. Yeah. You know, it's super tough. It's unlivable. It's unlivable, mm -hmm. honestly. The ones from the West Bank, a bit more chill. Sure. Like they have more or less a Palestinian life, you can say. But again, with a lot of struggle, can't go anywhere. Like checkpoints. And yeah. You know what I mean? Like all these issues of checkpoints are enough to, to make it, again, more or less unlivable. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the ones between Jerusalem and the occupied lands have a more, a more, maybe I can say a lifestyle that we can relate to to a certain extent mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's good. Like the stories I hear, especially from my family. I'm from uh, a town near Hakka. Uh, however, most of my family have left Hakka because they were exiled. And honestly, like, I watch their stories. I see what happens, like, especially lately in the past, like, few days where things were happening. It's not a life, literally. Like, you're living with someone who who does not want you there anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not right. Mm -hmm. it's, sure, yeah, they go they go to cafes, they go to university and, and all of that. But I don't think, honestly, like, for me, look, I'm, I'm also an exiled person from Palestine. I, I haven't seen it. I don't think I'll be able to see it, even if I change my passport because of my name and my family and all of that. However, even if I ever get the chance, this is like a big dilemma for me because I'm not really sure if I'm ready to see Palestine the way it is. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I want to see the occupation there. I'm not sure I want to see settlers or that and see like the interactions. So I don't know. I'm sure there's beauty in everything. I'm certain. And again, like if you're a human being living in certain conditions, us by nature, we try to find joy and we will when we can. So obviously there are people living extremely like happy there and in different ways, because at the end of the day, also it's our land. So we have to be happy being there. I'm just not sure I'm comfortable with that. No, I get that. I think the one thing I think that keeps them going, mm -hmm. um, Palestinians that are still there is the fact that they're still there. Is exactly. the fact that, yeah. you know... Yeah, I think the fact that I was completely removed and I'm not even allowed to go there makes it easy for me to go like, you know what, yeah. I'm not sure I want to go. And I know that that's a very like cowardly maybe, or it's very like, okay, I'm turning away from the problem. But it's just that I feel too small for it and I don't feel like it's it's going to make me happy. On the contrary, it might make me sad. But who knows? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I get a passport, this might be the first thing that I'm going to do. It probably will be. <laughs> yeah, it probably will. I might be just <laughs> talking nonsense right now and completely change my mind later. If you could visit one day, mm. inshallah, fingers crossed. Challenge. <laughs> What's the first thing you would do? Where is the first place you would go? Who's the first place you would, who, who would be the first person you would meet? Uh, definitely my cousins there. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a cousin who recently just visited us here and we had such a great time because we were always friends online. We never met, oh, obviously. Never. Yeah, never. Wow. So then she came uh, a couple months ago and we had an amazing weekend together. So definitely I would go see her and see her family there as well. Uh, and probably go see Akka, probably go see my town. But I don't know, that would probably <laughs> be very emotionally um, triggering. Yeah. yeah, but um, definitely I would love, love to do that. And of course, Jerusalem. What about you? When you went, how was it? Well, I was about... 12 years old or oh. even younger probably younger I can't remember but I was okay. very very young but I actually remember it like it was yesterday wow um it was so beautiful my both my parents are from Jerusalem okay so I went to visit my uh grandparents with my mother okay and um 
yeah, we stayed in Jerusalem because I wasn't That's so nice. allowed to even go anywhere else. Yeah. But I mean, just that for me was amazing. It's a huge opportunity. Exactly. Yeah, I remember you know? going to like Balad al Adime mm. and praying in Al Aqsa. Wow. <laughs> I remember I have a photo right on the steps. Oh, uh, the little girl oh wearing my, my uh, hijab and everything. My I prayer need to clothes. See it. <laughs> I need, please. One day. Oh, no. <laughs> sounds so nice and yeah even just you know not just seeing these huge monuments or it's like the community speaking Mm -hmm. to people and I remember we had like my parents's uh, my mom's uncles were neighbors Mm -hmm. uh, with my grandparents so we would just you know walk back and forth they would make homemade knafe we'd sit outside the weather would be amazing share stories they tell me all about you know their childhood there and Mm -hmm. what they love the most and it was just so yeah, yeah. I think so beautiful. I think that's the thing that being so far away from home, uh, you forget. Timshi ardik, tehki luchtik. You know, it's something else. It's different. it's something that you can't feel anywhere else. Everyone has that. Yeah. You know, everyone. But us. <laughs> <laughs> Not to get all depressed, but <laughs> but it's like something so simple that people I yeah. think take for granted. Definitely. The fact yeah. that, you know, they don't even need a visa to enter their country. We, we're we not even allowed. To even apply, like, <laughs> we might not need a visa. And even if we do, it will probably get rejected. And you know? it's difficult. So, and you get humiliated at the airport or at the checkpoint, whatever yeah. it is that you end up dealing with. Yeah. But I can't imagine. It must have been lovely. Yeah, it was. Inshallah, <laughs> we'll, we'll both go, day, uh, go one day together. Inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> So I wanted to ask, who are some of your favorite Palestinian women that inspire you every day? Damn, <laughs> this is a big question. One of my friends who lives in Gaza currently, Mira Adnan, I work with the her fashion a lot. Designer. Yeah, the fashion yeah. designer. She's great. Mm-hmm. I love her. One of my best friends, one of the people that I kind of essentially discovered modeling through, uh, Jinan. She's uh, like a designer, a creative photographer, filmmaker. So I work with her closely. She's one of my closest friends ever. So she's definitely one of them. Definitely my sister as well, who's an artist as well. Um, You know, when you grow up, who do you look up to? Your older sister, right? So Mm -hmm. I always looked up to her. Damn, like the the list can go on, you know, like it's a a huge list. But I am surrounded with a lot of beautiful Palestinian women who are, who, who create, who lead, who do a lot of cool things. Really, it's so easy to draw inspiration from us. We've got so much. And I think what sucks is, Uh, something so hard and like difficult and not very humanitarian I suppose you could say is has created a community like this uh, which is super like extremely bittersweet and what about if you could meet any Palestinian dead (laughs) or alive this is such a tough question dumb okay I've asked a few other people this as well okay I'm not gonna tell you their answers I want to hear yours yeah yeah (laughs) oof this is not a woman (laughs) No, no, it but I would love. Okay, I would love to meet him, Rassan Kanfani, for sure. Controversial answer, uh, Leila Khaled. <laughs> <laughs> um, would love to meet someone who's not dead. Maybe I can mention uh, Bella Hadid. Mm-hmm. It's a typical answer, but I would love that. Um, Two Palestinian models. Yeah, one day, you know, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, I'm not a model, but can I join? <laughs> yes, please, please come, and then we'll go to Jerusalem together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the list can go on for days, but there's plenty of people that I would love to meet who have passed and uh, have left a huge mark Mm -hmm. on us Mm -hmm. all 
collectively basically for sure what about you <laughs> what's your answer <laughs> my answer is so long because yeah <laughs> in terms of like scholars and all of that mm-hmm. edward said to me yeah. changed my life you know no no like he's all his yeah. books mind-blowing mm-hmm. for sure Mahmoud Darwish as well of course um for sure Hassan Kanafani yeah. all, all the big ones are you know for sure but yeah. also my ancestors just knowing mm. what it was like for them you know yeah. I have a few family members that didn't yeah. exactly make it mm-hmm. uh, out alive so to to be able to theoretically in a dream world yeah. <laughs> sit and talk to have them a conversation and yeah just apologize to them just apologize that this is still going on and it's not our place to apologize though yeah no it's That's... not our place but just to say you know yeah we're carrying the weight of yeah. it and it's still, still not happening enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely i think yeah I would, i'm sure they'd sure. be sad to know that yeah. it's still going on for sure you've inspired me to answer as well with my grandma because she passed as soon as they had to go through the journey of leaving mm-hmm. so even my dad barely remembers her so i would love yeah to like hear her side you know I was very 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 lucky and very blessed with a cousin who is a journalist he is currently based in ba- uh, Paris Salim Bek and he um, he managed to sit down with my grandpa before he passed and he documented the whole story so we have that it's all archived it's it's a recording and it inspired uh, some work that I've done as well like in the film field my grandpa passed when I was so young but i still feel like it's okay like i got i got to hear the story and it's all thanks to my cousin you know mm-hmm. what i mean if that makes sense it doesn't mm-hmm. sound morbid but yeah <laughs> i know it's beautiful <laughs> it really is yeah yeah no i mean uh, i was really young when my grandparents passed away but i'm so grateful that you know they sat me down they told me everything and oh, they shared yeah. their stories that's amazing I got to even visit them there and yeah, yeah. see where my parents grew Damn. up. You must be my hanging parents on. Both, like, um, you know, lived there. So to yeah. see where they grew up and wow. how they went to school every day, it was it's amazing. Yeah. And that's really, like you said, I'm hanging on to those memories yeah. that I didn't even live through, but I feel like I did just because of how they were told to me. Yeah. And I'm sure it's the same for you, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like you're holding on to it like with dear life, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask an interesting question. Okay. Obviously since you're a model mm-hmm. and you're Palestinian and you have green eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> Does that make you civilized? <laughs> mm, I suppose it definitely gives me a lot of passes in airports, I have to say. Definitely. Really it helps. Yeah. Are people like surprised yeah. by by that and yeah. how you look and that you're Palestinian it's it's funny though because everyone from my town looks like this mm-hmm. like I took on my colors from my Palestinian side when people find out that I'm Palestinian when I say people I'm talking like Europeans they're confused it's like oh but you don't look different. like what do you what, how do they how do we look like we're literally the most diverse we really place are. in the world we we look like from anywhere you know and i'm sure you can relate to the same yeah you know <laughs> i think for them i'm more ambiguous because of my dark hair but once you're blonde mm-hmm. they're like what yeah yeah I, I, i swear till now almost every day i get it like yeah. you're lying there's no way yeah. there's no <laughs> way. even yesterday i was in a cab and he was, uh, the cab driver was talking to me he's like where are you from mm. And I'm like, guess. I always like to tell them oh, to yeah, guess. Yeah. You, Just you have fun I, with yeah, it. Yeah. I, like you, you, you have fun. I yeah. have fun too. <laughs> I have fun with it. I'm like, guess. 
I don't know, uh, British, Russian, American. Oh, I don't know what. I'm like, no, no, no. They're like, am I close? I'm like, not, not even. even. Like, <laughs> not even, you know. Actually, I love the shock. you're on the other side, my <laughs> man. <laughs> so far off. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. Honestly. It really is. And especially when you pretend you don't understand Arabic. Oh. And they start talking about you in Arabic. Yeah, and, you're and you're just like, there like. Mm. And then I always like, right before I leave, I go like. So my last question to you mm-hmm. is, it might be a difficult one, but this is a question that I ask um, every guest uh, okay. on this podcast. So what is, in your opinion, the best and the worst part about being Palestinian? <laughs> wow. I'm I sorry. Mean, <laughs> the worst part, that's an easy one to answer. <laughs> Not being able to go home. Yeah. Definitely the worst part. No, maybe there's more to that, but that's just putting it um, very gently. The best part, I think the the art that comes from Palestine is really empowering and it's so strong and it's so exciting. It's one of my favorite things. What do you mean by art? Do you mean um, creativity? Or? Yeah, like, no, just the aesthetics, really. We got great taste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kofia, <laughs> you know, like it's beautiful, and like whenever I see uh, the work of any Palestinian artist, painter, whatever, it's always just so nice. I don't know, maybe I'm biased. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> maybe, and that's, I'm fine with that. Yeah, but I think that's uh, something really good. I would say food, but I'm not gonna lie. I'm half Syrian. <laughs> the Syrian food wins. <laughs> okay, well, we'll, this we'll might this be for another time. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not. I'm biased too, you know. Yeah, maybe this is controversial, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's just what I think. Listen, all Arabic food is amazing. I know all Arabic food. Is I know. Amazing. I think that answers my question. Top of my head. Mm-hmm. Your well, question. thank you so much thank for you. joining us to help preserve Palestine. Thank you. Sharing your story, it was truly so so lovely to have you Lana thank you so much I'm so happy I made it honestly it's such a nice project and I'm really excited to hear the other guests talking and I can't everything. wait for you too thank you really I'm really really happy to be here thank you so much anytime thank you my name is Lina Sadi and we thank you for listening to this episode of Preserving Palestine by Grazia Middle East tune in for our next episode very soon <laughs>